All right, welcome back to the Host Podcast, where we are going to talk all about HBO's Westworld. I'm Doug Norrie, that is... James Davis. And we are running a little late, and by, not like a late by a couple hours, but late by a couple days, on episode four, Dissonance Theory, but we wanted to get this up there, get some of our thoughts, because, well, we were on a call talking about something else, and started talking about this, and thought, hey, let's just start recording instead of keep pushing this back. So, buddy, you... We both watched this earlier in the week, and then we both went back and watched it again. And well, at least you know, watched back at least certain scenes. Why, for this one in particular, did you think it was important to kind of rewatch this episode? Well, I guess primarily because there was all at once a lot going on and not very much going on. <laughs> yeah, that that could be like the that could be the show notes for like just Westworld in general. Like that that pretty much describes yeah. the show. Well, like when I walk away from an episode of Westworld frequently, like as compared to other shows, I like I'm less like so in a Game of Thrones way being like, oh, I can't believe they pushed that kid out of the window. It's more like, what did I just watch? Right. There's people just murdering each other. Okay, it's like a lot of horrifying scenes, a lot of weird sort of science fiction, like, you know, allusions to things. But but yeah, and I think I got my mind wrapped around it now. I'm ready to drop some science and English on folks. Well, if, speaking of English, so the episode is called Dissonance Theory, and if you're just not aware, so dissonance is like when two things are not really in sync or not like lined up with each other, not in harmony. Um, and, you know, it's one of those titles of a show that I think is, it, it, it definitely, we could probably actually use it as a theme to talk about um, really every character in the show and just how their sort of, their arcs continue to go or just how the world goes because it's clear at this point that everyone has different goals or things are just really in conflict with each other. Like the idea of dissonance in this episode is there like, one character or one theme that struck you as falling under that mark or did you you know did, did it make sense of the title i guess yeah well i mean so i i believe it's pointing to the idea of cognitive dissonance theory which is you know from psychology which basically you know the cliff notes of cognitive dissonance theory is that individuals will seek try to find consistency among their you know their basic cognitions right their beliefs their opinions and so on and so when there's inconsistency between what your your attitude or your belief and your behavior then it starts to tear you apart so like you know in the modern world uh, people would say you you're experiencing cognitive dissonance if you believe that uh, electing a, a certain president will really change you know how your life goes right like you believe that and you kind of vote that way but deep down maybe you don't think so or uh, you know people point to this for like religions you know so I think the what they're pointing to for cognitive dissonance here is you know Maeve and Dolores in particular probably um, and probably the guests as well but Maeve and Dolores in particular you know starting to understand that there's something more going on but kind of still being caught in their loops you know um, so the so. Maeve, the Maeve story is interesting. And that's um, in that she they spent a lot of time with her in this episode. They just really spent a lot of time with her in general, sort of just continuing to hammer home the idea of flashbacks for her or her like you know slow dawning recognition of the world around her, and that kind of comes mm-hmm. full circle almost at but by the end of the episode, she spends a decent amount of time just sort of like kind of just running around confused basically, or just like. Just it's it's really funny to take a character by themselves and just figure out a way to make them just like confused the whole time. But they do a pretty good they do, they do especially when she's like not talking to anybody or really doing anything. But they do a pretty good job with her. And there's a couple things that I thought were really interesting. The one was give me your thoughts on the drawings of the I'm gonna call them the lab techs. I don't really know what else to call them in this one. Um, the the guys that she sees in her visions as 
standing above her. She draws the picture and then goes and and then goes and finds the, the other pictures that she had done in other loops and hid in the same place and sort of like in that like memento, uh, like from the movie Memento fact, like where you're just like, oh, now I remember. What did you think of that whole part? Yeah, well, I thought that was actually a clever little moment where, you know, she's, you know, the, her loop, the way she's programmed is to when she has these dreams to draw them down and hide them in this certain spot. Of course, she never goes and checks that spot because she's always kind of on the same tight two to four week loop or whatever. Um, but when she does have these bad dreams, she goes there and sees that, yes, she's had these bad dreams before and uh, drawn these shades as they're identified by the uh, people in Westworld. Before. Ah, shades, right. Yeah, I, I did find it. Well, so I, I did have some questions, I guess, about why hosts are allowed to, you know, kind of think this way. Like, because it, it stands to reason that if they catch hosts in private moments doing other things, that they would have at least noticed a time in the past where she had, you know, done this strange thing, which is draw a picture of the lab techs and put them in the in the floors. But then, of course, that's explained by, you know, the kind of the natives that are living in Westworld. Uh, they're actually, you know, one of the other hosts says, oh, yeah, that's those, those shades that the natives have found. Yeah. You know, they make dolls out of them and, and whatever else. And so I guess Westworld uses it as a convenient way. <laughs> it's like a clever take on religion where um, they're like, oh, no, that's just those native people's religion. You know, it's not real. Um, and then, you know, they're like, maybe it is real. And so it's kind of just considered a superstition, but not anything like it's out of the ordinary in any sort of literal way for most of the Westworld people. Well, I found actually that I found to be the most interesting part of the whole episode. I think um, that piece of identifying. So like religion is typically based on explaining the unexplained and then, or, you know, right. explaining something when you have no other way to do it, you know, like Greek gods would sure. explain the seasons that way or whatever, really just, Oh, you could just a, a gajillion examples of, Oh, we don't yes. know. We don't know why the snow is falling. Oh, maybe it's because they drag someone down right. into Hades. God. Yeah, they drag Persephone. <laughs> they drag Persephone down into Hades for these six months. That the you know, boom. That answers it. You know, <laughs> like um, and so the the idea that there can be a pro so if you if it, you're if you're programmed to have some kind of memory or they maybe weren't even programmed to have the memory, but they it's clear that they have something. And if enough people, so like so, Maeve did the drawing, right? It stands mm -hmm. to reason that if she did it. She's clearly not the first that's sort of like remembered. Clearly not, right? Like they show the doll and they they, they, they they point the whole idea. But this is where like sort of groupthink, even among AI robots, would make sense to me where it's like, okay, we've had 30 plus years of this. We've had enough people etching stuff in the ground, you know, or sort of just like drawing little pictures of it. And there's been like this evolution of – there's been this evolution of religion among the group and it's, I just found it. I don't know. I don't know if I have like hugely great takeaways, except for I thought that was the coolest idea that they come up with. Like this unexplained thing that we really can't really, you know, put our finger on as a group of hosts, but we're all sort of aware of it. Is like the new god. I don't know. I really found that to be. I think I, that was for me was probably the most interesting part of the whole episode. Well, I found it compelling too, but I also, you know, again had a continuity <laughs> question about this. And this is again, you know, kind of my general interpretation of Westworld, which is like, man, this show is awesome. And I'm not sure that it really is makes sense all the time, right? <laughs> because like so in Westworld, you know, again, if they're on, you know, we learn probably two week ish loops. I think that's the the session length that they pointed to in past episodes, and people kind of come back to each loop with a new, with a fresh slate, right? I don't know why religions would evolve over a thirty year time frame, like, and nor do I under, understand why they would let them keep their dolls um, from you know that they made 
ostensibly inside of a two-week time frame. And even if occasionally, you know, some get hosts get to go on a, a one-month or six-month loop, like, it just, that part I, I just don't fully get. I don't know how that's explainable in the context of a world where everyone can simply be wiped clean and, you know, like a little robot in your swimming pool, like start back at the beginning. And, and See, it's not clear to me, it's not clear to me that they're all on that kind of loop. I, I get the sense that, okay. I get the sense that there are some characters whose arc possibly has never reset because they've just never been, they've never been maybe engaged with, or they've never just gotten shot in the middle of Times Square, you know, or Times Square or whatever. So you like, think that they only reset when they die? I don't think not, so. Not necessarily. Um, I think there's other reasons you can be reset. Like there can be a clear idea of like story arc change or like, you know, in the right. case of, you know, Teddy with Ford, he just goes to him and says, time for you to switch it up a little bit, you know? Like there's also right, just well, like... we get the implication that that happens all the time though, right? Like that... You know, but yeah, I guess I suppose you're right. I mean, there isn't really any reason intrinsically why everyone would have to be on the same loop. Yeah, I just don't think that they're all on it. Like, I think, and I think that they, I think it'd be impossible for them to all be on the same loop because the 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 guests are too volatile. Where like you just simply can't know if like Dolores is gonna get shot day one or day twenty one. You know what I mean? Like, or like, maybe not shot, but like whatever's gonna happen to any of these characters. Like, the sure. the, the the guests are so are are so dynamic that you. I can see a situation where there could be hosts that have simply just gone about the business and not really ever been engaged with. You know, maybe like that group of Native Americans, which they're referring to, is a group where maybe those they don't get engaged with a lot. Maybe they're kind of just there as as a piece of the scenery. I don't know. I this is I don't have a perfect working theory for something like that, but I just don't think that everyone gets reset in the same timeline. I think there's pro- I, I get the sense that there's some hosts that are have been sort of been just going about their thing for, for maybe just years. Well, yeah. So, okay. I, I think that's plausible. Um, I also sort of wonder, we don't know enough about guests coming and going. Cause like when William first shows up, he seems to just hop on the train himself. Right. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, the, you know, 8am at Disney world where they just open the gates and everyone floods in. And that makes sense also from a continuity perspective that you wouldn't want everyone to show up on the same day at the same time. Um, so yeah, I, I buy that. Um, I do think that, you know, you, you have to be pretty careful in that instance then because, so say you have a host or a guest rather that's there on a Monday, um, she sees Dolores get killed, she stays for three weeks, say, and then, you know, you really can't have Dolores be alive at any time when that guest is at the park, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I suspect they figure all that out. I guess on the multiple year thing, the only thing that, that throws a wrinkle in that for me too is like the idea of hosts aging um, because... Like if you had a kid, like in that one native village, there's kids, right? Like you would probably notice if your kids never aged. Um, kids age a lot even in six months. So, um, but who knows? You know, they, they also could just not have thought deeply enough about well, it. Well, that's the, I was, was going to say the other thing too is like <laughs> when you're establishing a world like this, there are just thousands of rules that you would have to come up with and yeah. you're just never going to be able to cover all your bases here. I did find – in the end, I, I think I just did find that piece of about the shades and, you know, the lab tech piece to just be a cool working like – a uh, thread that runs throughout these these guys, and just like, and, I, and it's clear that we talked about even from that first or second episode where you know religion is going to be a big part of this because you know however you want to say that AI coming to consciousness is like you know humans finding you know God or a higher being like there's a lot of that's that there isn't much else for like these I think sometimes these hosts to work towards so I just like I don't know I just thought that was a pretty cool thing. Um, with, yeah, sure. With, well, and, and in Westworld there are literal gods too, right? And we can probably transition maybe into Ford. Um, because he had a lot of really interesting scenes in this as well, um, particularly, of course, when 
he gets uh, I don't I can't remember her name the, the management woman yeah, yeah. Um, and he takes her to the restaurant the very restaurant that she visited as a kid in the same seat that she visited as a kid and has this you know moment where he pauses the entire park like you know and, and she's feeling pretty surprised in that moment because she doesn't really understand I don't think how he can do that instantaneously and hit everyone you know suspecting or uh, suggesting rather that he has some back doors where. He actually is a god in this park, and well, he calls himself one. <laughs> like, multiple think, times, yeah. like he's not hiding about that. But, like, <laughs> but to suggest that, like, yeah, no, the money people, as he calls them, yeah, you guys are around, and you guys, you know, have some sway, obviously, but don't cross me because if you guys want this thing to keep going, like, I can turn it on, turn it off, blow the whole thing up, probably make all the hosts attack you, or like, you well, know, right, <laughs> that's what I thought like was the unstated threat in that scene was like. Well, actually, that was the one scene that I actually watched like five times in a row trying to find the trigger that would allow him to like have stopped the guy from pouring the wine, yeah. right? Like I kept rewinding and rewinding and I heard, you know, he said Delos, but that's the name of the parent company. Um, and so I was just like, does he do something? Does he do something? And and then it, then you realize it's like, oh, it's just not going to be obvious. Like there's so many things that this guy's worked into, into like into this whole entire world that it's just you're never going to be able to figure it out. But yeah, like that threat of... Hey, dude! I can make him stop pouring the wine. I could also make him just bash your head in, you know. <laughs> like if I well, and then they flash out to the field, and it's like two hundred hosts all standing stock still on the field, you know. It's right? Like, yeah. There's. I mean, he's definitely suggesting that everything happens because he wants it to, and they shouldn't really suppose anything else. Well, what did you think about that? So, let, what do you think about that whole scene? So he's cl- they're clearly building something. Do you have guesses about what it is? I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge undertaking. Um, of just well, it was really funny too because it was it was funny to like juxtapose the workers of just like them swinging pickaxes, which seems nonsensical when you have this massive just like machine <laughs> grinding machine grinding up the earth, or <laughs> there's you know this huge huge thing that's just like an earth mover pushing out right. you know millions of tons of, of just dirt, and then you have you know forty five just dudes and women just swinging pickaxes up and down up and down the uh, the gardening line. Yeah, but yeah. um, but what did you think about that like massive undertaking like? It's clearly part of a storyline. Guesses on what you think is his goal just with essentially just ripping up the earth of Westworld. I have no idea. I have no guess why he's ripping it up to you. You're not the best. You're not the best in the business for nothing, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could actually be anything, right? He's just digging out a huge canyon. I mean, there's like a little like it seems like a little farmish sort of field down there. I don't. I mean, is there any? Is there some obvious thing I'm missing here? Nah, I have no idea. I was just. Uh, I was. I was really, really hoping this. How you, this is how everyone's gonna know we don't talk about this too much off the air because I actually had no idea either. <laughs> I, I. It's. I mean, I would suspect that it's something of they want. Like, there's going to be some discovery, like a massive temple or something like that. You know, like that everyone that that people just find. That's like. T- the go- I think it would be something that would be so you know again in this way disharmonious with the rest of the world like. You know, things that would really change the fabric of an entire culture are things like when you find, like, I mean, like if you found like an alien spacecraft dug into the ground, you know what I mean? Or if yeah, you sure. found if you found a, if you found a temple just sort of buried under the ground, you're like, oh my god, there's people here before us, and they just had an entire religion and they built this massive temple. Like, how they even do this? You know, like things that start make you question like the historical significance of like where you stand in the rest of the world. Like, I think my guess is. It's not just going to, you know, it's clearly not just going to be like another restaurant or something like that. You know, they're not just doing <laughs> the greatest restaurant this park has ever seen. <laughs> like, we're just going to bring in some brand new hotel, dude. It's going to be so badass. Um, it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be a, it's an all-inclusive resort, man. It's awesome. But uh, no, I think it would be something that would be 
like I said, like a temple or like an alien spacecraft or just something that just doesn't fit with the rest of like the Westworld narrative at all. And that because it has to be something that just shakes everything to the very core. And it would be clearly something that like the board would never approve either. So well, like, right, but, but that's odd though, right? Because Ford seems to really value the continuity of the world and everything making sense. Like when he craps on the, the river run odyssey or whatever. Right. So I don't know that it would be sort of be out of character. No, see, I think he saw that river run odyssey as just more of the same. Like he was like, and, and he, and he's looking to be like, right. like to, to disrupt the continuity now. You know what I mean? Like his goal now is to like, is, is like Westworld has become something I don't want it to be anymore because of you, the money people and the board and you want more of this crap. Like you want, right, you want more cowboy story. Yeah. You just want more of the same old crap and it sucks. And this is not why me and Arnold, you know, like got, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> my partner, Arnold, um, we got into, that's not why we got into this business. So it's time for me to like flip the script a little bit. That's how I take it. I think he's just going, I think he likes the continuity of Westworld. And I think he, I think he liked what Westworld was but now it's like that old thing. It's like, but then the money came in. Then the band sold out, you know, like, uh, you know, I love their music until they started touring and everyone started listening to them kind of thing. And like now yeah, it's sure. time and now it's time to to just literally dig up the earth and maybe just overturn the whole thing. And I think that's his goal. But, uh, but yeah, what the thing is, like, I don't really have a guess. I wish I did. One thing that I well, the only thing that didn't jive for me that scene, which I also thought was just a pretty that was probably the best scene of the whole show, um, or at least this episode. One thing that didn't totally jive with me was Teresa. That's uh, that's that the uh, corporate lady's reaction, like mm-hmm. her being like, um, visibly scared, like you know, grabbing the cigarette and sort of just like wild eye. I mean, that didn't strike me as totally like, in character with her because she's a pretty tough woman. I mean, I guess like anyone can be unnerved. Um, it was it would shock me if she was able to be like, just sort of like knocked off course within one conversation, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be, it'd be weird if she got to, like, that position and was able to just be, just sort of, I don't know, influenced so quickly. And that was the only thing I just, I didn't like about that, that scene. Yeah, I think the scene, I think it still makes sense, though, because if she just never realized, like, I'm sure she's aware of, like, verbal cues, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously, like, there's ways to shut down hosts at scale, because they do that when they come to clean up massacres or whatever, but the fact that he could do it, you know, instantaneously, and he had you know, pointed at her affair with Bernard and all that stuff. Uh, Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I think that she's just like at this point a little bit unnerved, right? She's like, yeah, I get that this guy has power, but I kind of thought I was a badass. It turns out this guy's way more badass than I am. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually, I totally forgot about the part where he had said like, he's like, yo, you're outed. You're with Bernard. Yeah. So maybe he just, yeah, he probably just threw all of her stuff into, into, at a whack there. It wasn't just, yeah, Yeah. that makes a little more sense. let's go into the man in black where um you know he kind of continues on his little quest there was a couple of interesting things with his with his storyline here most notably for me at least being the you know sitting around the campfire and having the two other guests come up and just make a make the reference to his life out in the quote real world where he is some sort of philanthropist of of some kind where his has a foundation um and he's like, you know, fuck off, I'm on vacation or whatever. But uh, what did you think? I mean, that to me, what do you think that ultimately tells you? Does that really tell us a lot more about the man in black? Does it just make him more like a confusing dude? Like, I don't really know what to think except I was like, okay, so this is he's there's clearly like a, a you know a good and evil part going on with him too. Yeah, I, I think the man in black, we definitely get a little bit more character depth to him where I thought the most telling line in the episode for him actually was, this is like a book I've been reading for 30 years and I haven't just, can't, I, I've read everything but the last page, you know? Right. And so for him, he's like, 
it's just it's just gnawing at him. He just needs to figure it out. And I think like for his sense of morality, he really has internalized this idea that these are just robots and that this is akin to playing Grand Theft Auto or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to, right? If you go there for 30 years, unless you're actually truly demented um, and you actually just like watching the suffering of these robots. So I think, you know, learning that he has this foundation and again, sort of a ham-fisted way. Um, and he is kind of mean to the guy, which is not ideal, but also not unheard of when people break car- character in LARPing or other role-playing scenarios. But um, yeah, I mean, that definitely adds some depth. It's a point of curiosity. Obviously, that's going to play some role later in the show. I'm just not sure you know, how it really impacts our, our day-to-day watching of the show. Well, I, I thought a lot about his interactions with the guests, um, or excuse me, with the hosts. And I was wondering something. So, okay, so the, the scene with him, which we were kind of, we did laugh about for a minute off air, was where he goes into the jail to get out um, Hector. And there's, you know, the theatrical scene of, <laughs> dude, what did you think about when he when he lights the match with the cigar? Like, and they, <laughs> like the, uh, <laughs> the piece where, you know, the pyrotechnic piece. And I'm going to go into my, my, I'll go into my relationship with the guests in a second. Yeah, but. well, I thought that whole thing, like, I get that they want, again, to maintain some continuity and they probably can't let guests just make explosions happen whenever they want because explosions are pretty dangerous, just generally speaking. But like the part where they're like, hey, uh, we got a request for some pyrotechnic effects down in the park. And the guy doesn't learn anything more about them. He's just like approved. And then the thing explodes. Like what happens if that guy is in the bathroom when the guy needs his pyrotechnic effects or like, you know, just isn't feeling, you know, wants to learn more about them or, you know, just can't approve them within a split second that he does. Like, so then Ed Harris's character is just like standing there holding his ears, staring at the thing fizz and then it pops. And furthermore, like how did he build the exploding cigar? I got a lot of questions about the exploding <laughs> cigars. Just he's generally. like, no, he's, he's like, seriously, dude, just hold on a second. It's going to be badass when it happens. Just hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. No, but okay. And then so that poor Hector has to dig around for more bad, uh, Western lines to give like about your guts. Uh, will be somewhere not in your body soon. <laughs> like, okay, so, man. so that part second, aside, I swear to God, this is about to explode. It's very hokey, but I thought a lot about the man in black, man in blacks, um, like just re- relationship with the hosts in general, because we talked about where it seems really out of sorts that he would, that we'd have all these scenes of like you know shootouts and him continuing to engage. But I wonder if I was thinking about, I wonder if. There's something he's learned about gathering information from hosts over the years that the more realistic he is, the more honest they'll be, right? So, like, he could oh, yeah. clearly go in there and, quote, tor- Again, just shoot everybody. Oh, shoot everyone or torture him or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but he's found, I wonder, I wonder if he's just found in his interactions, like, the best way to, you know, operate in this world, especially in gathering information, is to have them appear as if everything is is normal, right? Like, and you can't just ask these guys straight out, like, where is the maze or whatever, but you can become like insert yourself realistically into part of their world. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I think that I wonder if that's like something he's really learned over time is like the best way to get info is to just be part of the world and do all the theatrical stuff and be part of it. And like, and then they're going to, tr- and they, cause like these guys, these hosts will trust you. And then they, they will think, you know, and then they will give you information because clearly hosts withhold information, right? Like they have information and they won't give yeah. it to you. If they won't give it to you under threat sometimes, sometimes it, just like regular humans, sometimes threats work, sometimes trust works. Like, I don't know. I think that's just yeah. something he's learned over time. Yeah. Well, I think I like that theory a lot, actually. And I think it really speaks to like and we also see in other times where the hosts kind of get this like 
fuzzed, glazed over look when things are too outside of the realm of what they know, right? Like mm-hmm. when Dolores looks, is shown that photo by her dad in one of the earlier episodes, and she just repeats the same line two times in a row, you know? Mm-hmm. She's just like, I'm programmed to say this when I see something I don't recognize, you know? And so if it's too outside the realm of the ordinary, like when, uh, you know, he gets in the gunfight with Teddy earlier, and the bullets are just bouncing off of him, and he just, like, doesn't understand, I think at that point, you know, what, what are the hosts uh, that's so outside of their loop that they're just not going to continue to engage. Right. But, um, but yeah, so like he, he just wants to win the trust of the snake lady cause she really holds all the keys to the kingdom. He probably properly evaluates that she's a badass, um, much more likely to trust someone who is also a badass, not to be pushed around. So, um, yeah, I, I think that theory makes perfect sense. Yeah. He breaks Hector out and we'll get to his Hector's interaction with Maeve like near at the end of the podcast, I think, but with, um, you know, you mentioned Logan and William. Their storyline continues sort of on that same path. You read an interesting piece. Uh, I think you read it on the on, on maybe a Reddit thread about Westworld about like a theory about a Logan and William and the Man in Black. Do you want to just throw that one out there real quick? Sure. Shout out to the Reddit, the subreddit for Westworld. A lot of great stuff over there. A lot of good theories. Um, the theory there was that the Man in Black is Logan's dad, uh, and I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, we now. They're, they're the two characters that we know are directly tied to Westworld outside the show. So, of course, we learn about Logan that, you know, his family owns some stake in the Westworld company. Uh, we learn, of course, that uh, William is joining his family. And we think it's like a brother-in-law sort of situation, but could just be that he was promoted up through, you know, promoted up through the company. We don't really have a ton of specifics there. But, um, you know, it would also point to the man in black sort of untouchable nature, too, if he were a shareholder as well as a guest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I thought that was a rather interesting theory. Um, you know, you could picture him sort of like despising the way his son goes through the park also. But, you know, the, some of the self-loathing there that the man in black, from my perspective, seems to have also like, you know, going through the park in a very cynical way. I don't know. I don't know if it has legs or not, but I thought it was an interesting thing to at least bring up. It wouldn't It wouldn't line up with the William is the man in black piece, um, which I, I think I'm still on board with that. Like that, that one's going to be something I'm going to need to like, just see a clear, a, a very clear thing that until I stop believing that theory, because I just think that that is probably the way that they want to go with the show. But that, and again, well, I say, okay, right. So I was processing that as I was watching this episode. I do believe that we have some temporal overlap now between there are two storylines. Um, what is it? Well, just Dolores particularly, she gets, well, I think even from the previous episode, actually, she gets shot or she shoots the guy in the barn. And that happens, we believe, in real time because she then goes and talks to Bernard about it. And then she comes out and falls into William's arms. Um, and I think that that suggests that that's all happening at the same time. I, I mean, I could be wrong, certainly, but, you know, those same... The same people working for Westworld are also in the Westworld, you know, offices or whatever, talking about the man in black. So unless it's all hosts running Westworld on the outside as well, which I don't believe to be the case, I think that uh, I think I'm moving away from it. I, I don't know if it's definitive necessarily. And certainly, you know, they can play tricks on us in all sorts of ways. But, um, yeah, I'm just not sure. But on the same token, though, like William going off to see Alonzo and this like you know, come on, go black hat with me just for a little while sort of thing. Like, uh, we could see, definitely see him flex back in that direction. So I'm not off it completely, but I'm leaning away from it. It's so funny too. Cause like how many, t- <laughs> that's one thing I could like do with him. Stop asking is like, he just doesn't want to do your thing. You know, <laughs> he doesn't want to do the bad thing with you. It's okay. Just like drop it. You know, like, I don't like, I don't understand why that continues to be such a pull for like 
him to say, come on, let's be bad together. Like when the guy's just not going to want to, maybe that's just me, me more looking at it as like a friend thing more than like a show critique. <laughs> the, guy, like, the guy's absolute torture just in every respect, like both from his scenes in the show to his acting to his motivations. Like he just doesn't, doesn't frankly make any sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and I, I love Westworld. I don't want to be overly critical of course, but like I just don't get the guy even a little bit. I mean, I've definitely ran into people in my life who were kind of like the douchey rich guy who is too pushy, you know, like you probably knew these guys in college that always want people to drink one more beer type of thing. But, you know, he's just like, it just makes no sense. And he's only pretty much irritating. <laughs> and I, I, the most irritating thing about him by far has to be the way he just wants to kill the hosts just to bother William, where he's like, right. we could just kill her, leave her out here, man. The park will come pick her up. Like, just make like just be quiet. Don't talk anymore. <laughs> That's what I want to tell that guy. Yeah, so they get like a little Easter egg, um, and kind of head off on their own little mission to ends unclear. Like, I don't know if we got a ton of stuff out of their out of their characters this episode, except I thought like I still just continue to want wonder what the timeline is for them. Like, I think that's sure. my biggest question. Yeah. We well, we learned that he's a stakeholder in the company. That's true, um, and that's I think a pretty important piece that has other ramifications and also you know it solidifies that there's some relationship to the man in black on some level there for, in my mind because um it would then make sense if you were a stakeholder in the company that you would get super rich and then also if you have these like demons that you play out in your in your fantasy world then maybe you want to compensate on the other end by doing good in the real world or something you know so there's definitely and that would actually be in line with william's character as well um but yeah, I, I read two pieces about Bernard that I wonder uh, get your thoughts on. One we kind of discussed before, but it was two theories about Bernard and his who he is. So one goes back to something we had mentioned last podcast, which we kind of threw away, was that Bernard is a host, um, that he's that he is also like an AI being, and where <clears throat> we've seen he's you know he's one of the only characters we've gotten a little bit of backstory for, but we've also seen situations where. You know, the ho we got backstory on some of the hosts as well. You know, they have memories of things that have happened in the past. And that Bernard was built in the likeness of Arnold, like by Ford, where he is there to specifically fill Arnold's um, specifically fill Arnold's role, which would explain why he didn't know about Arnold last time in the last episode when Ford, you know, chooses to explain it to him. And we talked about like, oh. How would no one know about this guy, right? Like, um, like how right. would they not know? Um, do you do you subscribe at all to that theory? Is that like just too hokey for you? I, I mean, I don't only because we have an example of him having a child that he birthed outside of Westworld die. I mean, of course, that but that's only a like, memory. That's only a memory. For yeah, him. good point. It is only a memory. I guess it could be inscribed into his memory drive or whatever. Um, so I guess yeah, that doesn't rule it out altogether. I, I still don't. I still don't know what what that does to push the story along like that big reveal what would it even mean you know oh, by the way i'm I not sure like what anything does to push the story along yet <laughs> like that's like the yeah, one but, the... I think, but i think other things are they would be like oh wow that affects the show in this way in this way like bernard being a host uh, the only thing it, it it affects from my mind would be like you know this moment of the singularity being reached where you know the host can write their own code and stuff i mean that would be significant but it would also be very odd that a host would have that much free reign um, you know, over the rest of the, the rest of the hosts, you know, like that's, that would be very odd decision-making, but it could be just like a Ford thing where he's, you know, again, playing God and trying to, you know, do all these weird things. And I guess it would also explain why he knows <laughs> that would be a point in favor of what, how he would know about their affair too. Right. Um, so who knows, but what did you think about Bernard? Let's Bernard being, uh, Bernard being a robot aside. Let's just, we'll go back to him just being human. Um, the, 
What did you think about his characters? He mentions the maze to Dolores. He's also, I think, sometimes like they they choose his costumes pretty clearly. Like he was wearing all black in this episode. So he's um, going to be evil Bernard. Yeah, yeah maybe. I, I think they, they do <laughs> they do a clear black and white thing. I don't mind it. You know, like it's it's a no, pretty no, it's, it's a pretty static world. Device. Yeah. Um. The you know he's clearly wearing black this whole entire episode. What do you think about his you know his mentioning to Dolores? Do you see? Do you still see his intentions as ultimately good, or is he just? I mean, or, or is it nothing? Like what? What you know? What, what what about Bernard? He confuses me a little bit. Yeah, so I guess the question is, you know, if you're wearing black, you're going against something is usually the uh, the way black is used in that way. And so it's like, who is he against? Is he against the Westworld company? Is he against, you know, the forces of good in the world? Because it doesn't seem like he has bad intentions with Dolores necessarily. Um, like when she's talking about, you know, she adapts her speech about love to talk about you know, the feelings of loss, he actually offers to stop the pain for her and she refuses him. Hmm. And then he's like, you know, well, you're getting, and, and you know, so the maze, I think a bigger question is like, what's the, the point of the maze? Is the maze something that when hosts become too human, then they can go through the maze and become free? Is that just like the way you get out of Westworld if you're an employee there, you know, like who knows what the point of the maze is necessarily just yet. But I do think that, uh, I do think his intentions seem to be good with Dolores overall. Um, maybe maybe Bernard's a host that made it through the maze, and that's why he's able to work there now. That's like the, that's like the, that's the only thing you yeah. need for your it's resume. Yeah, <laughs> that's just your resume, dude. He's like, I made it, man. Here you go. Maze. I made it out. Well, yeah, like, the, and the maze could be something like, you know, I read a different interpretation of those uh, those carvings from mm -hmm. the previous episode, which we should touch on just briefly, but. Yep. Um, where, you know, maybe those are, maybe that's some way of getting through the maze. Um, and so maybe that host was like on his way to the maze somehow and was going to try and make his way out. And generally it's discouraged that people make it through the maze and maybe like a way to get through the maze, you know, like a very rough way to stop hosts from accidentally going through it would be to, uh, you know, make it so you needed some sort of human understanding of things, like yeah. kind of like CAPTCHA, you know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. where you go to CAPTCHA and computers still can't read street signs or whatever because it's not quite letters as they understand them maybe there's something like that in the maze that, that's how you get out i'm just not i'm not sure about any of this stuff obviously by the way but i am um, i'm pretty sure you, you're sure yeah um, yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty I'm sure about most of it <laughs> i'm like 90 I'm percent like sure on most of it i don't need to disclaim on this stuff, but, um yeah yeah so anyway i think that the the maze i think is going to be the big that's where this is all headed right i think that the first season is headed towards a final episode where the man in the black finally finds the maze and then we get to figure it out but yeah it's like then, it's like the end of lost yeah. season one where they get on the boat and yeah. and they get on the boat and they just start sailing away you're like well that was a great that was a great show and then it's like oh no it's not the boat we're gonna have to take the kid like that 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 would follow a pretty clear timeline like it's like we got to the thing, and then there's just you know four other paths that, t that divert off from this. I think it's still. I mean, yeah, the maze. I I don't see it as like a, a literal maze or anything like that. I think it's just you know a reference to some other piece of enlightenment. That would be my guess. Um, and like the flashing back to the church, we come from the same place, right? There's that little creepy girl who seems to know everything. Um, oh yeah, the, the little daughter. That yeah, she's just the, the all knowing little wise one. You always need like a wise mage that sits in like you know you need the oracle yeah, to some degree oracle, to like exactly. speak in speak in riddles to you. And sometimes it's an old lady sitting in her in her apartment like in the matrix, and sometimes it's a kid sitting on a fountain that just speaks off nonsense that no one can understand. You're like, just be clear, dude. <laughs> like, it's all gonna make sense eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we just like lay it out pretty clearly? We could get like, dude. I've been sitting as this kid on this fountain for thirty years. I the only thing left for me that's any fun is just sending people on these little quests. So. <laughs> I'm just gonna give it to you. Right now, 
The final scene of the episode is Maeve just saying, just kind of coming to the realization that nothing matters. Um, with uh, she, you know, in that whole scene with Hector of, of her, him finding the bullet and whatnot. How do you see her character moving forward now? Like, is this is it true enlightenment when you find that you know you just don't give it like nothing else matters? Like when you find that like you know you're just one hmm. this, this one little speck in this you know in the billions of years of existence and you know you know billions of light years worth of like galaxy and you find this. You, you, does, does it make a difference? Is are you more enlightened when you figure out that nothing matters? You know what I mean? Like, is that is that actual mm. enlightenment, or is it, or is it chaos? Like, what does it? See, where do, where does Maeve's character saying that to you at the end? Like, where do you think that takes her? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of religions or philosophies that uh, deal with this idea of of nothing mattering, right? So there's on the extreme end, you have nihilists who believe literally nothing matters, that there's no system of values, um, and that our actions are meaningless. But then, you know, slightly to the left of that are like Buddhists who would argue that, well, yes, this is all sort of an illusion and and that things are impermanent, generally speaking, you know, that our motivations and our actions still do have some meaning. And I think that's where you know, that's kind of the world the Westworldians live in is, um, you know, this place where, yeah, by and large, you're just going to get cleaned up and, you know, hosed down and <laughs> sent back out to do your work again. Um, but obviously in Westworld, things have a, a pretty dramatic, dramatically different implications, right? Where like Maeve's saying, uh, I just realized that none of this matters. It's pretty intense, right? Like she, it seems to suggest that she's just figured it out. Like she's like, not none of this matters. Like when you find out that there is God, right? Mm-hmm. Your general reaction in, in fiction anyway, is not none of this matters. It's like, holy crap, there's God. There's a higher being than us. Like you want to spread the word about this big truth you found. She seems to suggest that like she's figured out. This is just playing out over and over again. And legit, none of this matters at all. I think what happens with her is she just like takes up like a singer songwriter career and just starts playing like real whiny songs in coffee shops okay. about how nothing matters and like there's just kind of like just about the whiny piece of her existence. That's where I think her character. Yeah, goes. her next loop is like you know being like cool Kurt Cobain or something. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt, she, like she's just Kurt Cobain, like just like another approximation of him, like yeah, sort of. So you get off the train and she's out there busking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could I could see it happen. There's only one way for human existence to go, and that's towards singer songwriter <laughs> singer songwriter poetry. I think it was kind of funny how like well, and again in the old like really category where they're like they flash to the uh the text and they're like there's still a bullet fragment in there and they're like leave it we leave don't it. have two more minutes to go fish it out you know <laughs> cover it up this will never come back to bite us <laughs> like classic um but yes yeah, so I, I think that where Maeve's headed again it, it still doesn't explain to me why if, if she's so off board like why they don't just pull her you know because now it's just like continued unusual behavior that there seem to be very good at understanding when hosts are you know remember like they were they were bummed about she was not like having sex with as many clients or something and so they were considering pulling her and they were like interviewing her and really grinding things down and maybe they're generally distracted but you would think that her like constantly like looking like she's gonna faint and like whimpering and not being able to talk to anyone and then eventually like having casual sex with this criminal guy, which I assume she's never done during that part of the loop in the past. Like, well, that was clear. Like that was way off loop for her. Like the, the thing with her taking him upstairs and like giving him the combination, like that never happens. I think Westworld does a good job with this in, in one, in this respect and yeah. that they show us a lot of the same things happening over and over again so that we know when it's different, right? Like yeah, it helps us learn when things are going off. Script. Exactly. Exactly. And this one is clearly, clearly way off script. Um, even just in term and, and it's not only off script, but it's off script of a very popular thing that happens there, right? Like a popular thing is Hector and his gang storming in the town and wanting that safe. Like that's a big moment for like, yeah, with the know. ponchos over their heads. That's exactly. The of some, yeah. Exactly. Well, so, and then this also actually points to 
And you know what? Maybe this goes back to resupport the theory that these things are all happening along different timelines. Because now that's at least the second time that that's happened since we've been in in Westworld, right? Mm-hmm. And yet William has sort of just lit, been his storyline has just been continuing on in Westworld the whole time, as though nothing has changed. Um, yeah, I mean, it also Westworld also could be like. Uh, it, it could be along the lines – this is probably way going way off board here, but it could be along the lines of Disney World where like, hey, dude, they just – you know, at 12 o'clock every day, they – yeah, they gather at the big – they gather at the big castle and everyone sings you know, the, the songs together and you kind of just know what's going to happen. Like there could be an yeah, element of that. I don't think so though because I, you know, they, they talk about how you – know, how upsetting it would be to kill off all those characters. Remember when they have to kill all the hosts and bring them back? And they're like, I have 200 storylines across 1,200 mm. guests right now going yeah. with those – hosts and like it seems to suggest that storylines do last more than one day because again from like a LARP or you know a role-playing perspective I would guess that most of these storylines take some time some time to unfold and you can't just have Hector and his gang coming in every third day and killing everyone in town that just you know that would also cheapen the big moment of Hector and his gang coming through town like that strikes me as like a boss fight sort of scenario right um not like a thing that happens so then we we agree that there's either there's either a, a big continuity problem or it's yeah. a, or it's on totally different timelines. It, th- those two things wouldn't really. It's it, it kind of has to be one or the other. Like they they yeah. there's really probably no in between at this point. Or or it's just like this total theme park experience. But that doesn't you, like you said that doesn't totally make sense with some of the other stuff that they put in no, there already. I, I'm leaning I'm leaning continuity problem frankly just because there's so many other red flags about that. And again, it doesn't ruin the show for me or anything. But right. it's just really hard when you start messing around with time. Oh um, yeah. But, you know, who knows? I, I'm I'm ready to be pleasantly surprised because it's not like it's clearly an issue just yet. It just sort of seems like the rest of the stories are happening at the same time, just based on the people, you know, unless they're really messing with us and everyone who works at Westworld is all hosts. And, you know, they all don't know that they're playing out the same, you know, inner host or inner Westworld dramas over and over again. Like that would be super, super spun out and meta. But, um, yeah, my guess is slight continuity issue or, you know. That's the plan all along. We'll see. We will see is right. And that seems to be the theme of Westworld. We'll see. Hopefully we'll see. <laughs> Not clear that we'll see, but <laughs> really hope we see it. We're the host podcast, Doug Norrie, James Davis, here every week talking Westworld from HBO. We'll be back again next Monday to talk about episode five. Buddy, talk to you then. Adios. Adios.